Franklin Pierce, known for being a U.S. president, famous for being a factoid about presidents. Nobody thinks much about him, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why Franklin Pierce is secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. My guest this week is your pal and mine, the great Daniel O'Brien, the Emmy-winning Daniel O'Brien for, for another time uh, just now, just recently. He and the staff at Last Week Tonight with John Oliver have just won another Emmy for their writing. Uh, so I'm extra grateful he made time, you know, in between all of that stuff. That's big stuff. He's also the author of the book How to Fight Presidents, which, which matters a lot to this topic. We work together at the former workplace crack.com, and also Daniel is the co-host of the podcast Quick Question with Soren and Daniel, with the great Soren Bowie, who you may remember from the Venus episode, or tons of other stuff. And I figure people, uh, again, know about that podcast from Soren and Daniel. If you didn't know about it, very excited to tell you right now. Quick Question with Soren and Daniel. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Daniel recorded this on the traditional land of the Lenape people. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about Franklin Pierce, a name you memorize if you're a student who is memorizing all of the presidents. You also might memorize it if you are a student in the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. But if you're anybody else, especially if you are not an American, uh, that name holds actual meaning to basically nobody. And I think it's worth getting meaning from it, because not only is he a fascinating guy, but he is fascinating in his badness, uh, and very specific and interesting in the ways he is a failure, and I can't wait for us to tell you about him. So please sit back, or sit anywhere that is not the back of a horse, because if you don't know what you're doing, you could Franklin Pierce somebody, okay? And either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Daniel O'Brien. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Hello, Brian. As we were saying off mic, so good to see you, uh, and thanks for doing this. Man. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be here. Good. You have um, uh, one of the better podcasts that exist in the world. Oh. Because you prepare and you think about it in advance. Every other podcast that I know of is just like, let's get two people talking. <laughs> Let's see if that's anything. <laughs> but you're like you're you're prepared. You show up and you're ready to do something that's very exciting. Oh man, I I feel very seen by that. Thank you. Uh, and uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, and also you know I there are also podcasts where there's a magic to the spontaneity, you know, and and the way they get into it. Yeah, uh, I like to do this thing. So that, that's how I feel about it. I'm trying to yeah. try to make people feel, uh, you know, good about their shows. They're not this way. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of you. 
that's kind of you specifically for Sword and well. My Show, where we don't prepare anything. <laughs> but the questions and stuff, there's, you know, there, it's not like you're you're just like bailing on any effort or something. You're, it's it's what makes it good. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you're 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 so sweet. <laughs> And uh, this episode is about Franklin Pierce. Mm-hmm. I always ask guests what their relationship is to the topic or opinion of the topic. Uh, people know a bit from the book, but how do you feel about President Franklin Pierce? I don't love him. I yeah. don't. Uh, so when I when I I first pitched the book, I, I went in there with a love of presidents first and foremost. Um, but I went in there with like a love of the exciting presidents. I was like, I want to write a book about George Washington and Teddy Roosevelt and Kennedy. And I assume that I will have something interesting to say about the other presidents. <laughs> and Franklin Pierce was one of those, like, I sold the book before I knew that I actually could deliver on that promise. And so once I sold the book, then I needed to have a, a chapter about Franklin Pierce. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I hope he's interesting. Like, I want one thing that I can latch on to to make him interesting. And uh, you're, you are a, a better researcher and writer than I am. Hey, so I imagine you found something better. I The thing that I latched on to was like, oh, Franklin Pierce, he was a handsome drunk. Great, that's going to be the chapter. <laughs> so... It was 2,000 words about a handsome drunk. That's what I contributed to the Franklin Pierce biography, I suppose. Yeah, my, my mind reached for canon as a word, but that, does, that feels too yeah. uh, like distinguished. No, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. Franklin Pierce's works. But you, yeah. I, I imagine you found something better. You found something more interesting about him. Uh, well, that handsome drunk plays into I mean, it, you have sure. to, otherwise your entire... Right. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't, then your podcast falls apart. <laughs> What if I what if I brought you on to just read you your chapter and then presented it as my own to see if you would call me out or stop me or <laughs> like I'm just like and then another thing I think Winston Roundtree illustration and then like see if you <laughs> point it out. Right, I was like I think I've heard this before somewhere. <laughs> From here, let's get into things about Franklin Pierce, uh, excitements okay. about him. Uh, and on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics in a segment called When the Moon Hits Your Eye While You Find a Cosine Statsamore. Okay, so here's the thing that I want to say about this show. I love the show very much. I understand that you do a new version of this title <laughs> every single episode. I want to make something clear to your listeners. No one has asked you to do this. You don't have to sing a song every episode. You don't have to do that. Is that correct? Is that true? You don't have to sing a song? Yeah. But it could be. I actually. But but, but you do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. Okay. That's valid. It's so fun to hear you sing every week. Oh, thank you. But to 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 watch you sing uh feels worse. <laughs> is that right? Is that, have have you heard that before? Uh yeah, this is I believe this will be the second week in a row someone said that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh <laughs> cool. I think I might um 
dedicate my life to trolling you with horrible things to force you to sing <laughs> for this show going forward. <laughs> this is the path I've chosen. This is what it All is. All right, get into the stats. What are, what are the what are the numbers about now that I've derailed your show? <laughs> And uh, right before them, uh, I got to credit, that name was submitted by David Strawn. And uh, as, as Daniel uh, alluded to, there's a new one of these every week. Submit them to sifpod at gmail.com or at sifpod on Twitter. Uh, the worse they are, the better. But the first number is 14 because Pierce was the 14th president. Uh, he served from 1853 to 1857. That was when he was the president. Yeah, that's that that that's true. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a thing. What would you like me to say? Uh, and uh, Buchanan was number 15 and Lincoln was number 16. So I think a lot, if anybody knows anything yeah. about Pierce, it's often that he and Buchanan were in the run-up to uh, just a much, much better president and more important yeah. uh, all around. Yeah, Pierce and Buchanan are the bad presidents. And and Johnson yeah. right after Lincoln. like He was surrounded by just rogues and, and uh, fools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogues and, fool- and fools. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next number is 41st out of 43, because uh, that's Pierce's ranking in the C-SPAN 2017 survey of presidential historians. They consider Pierce to be the 41st best really? out of 43 people to be the president. I guess I don't know where I would put him, but I didn't think he would be that low. Yeah, honestly. that really caught you off guard. That, yeah. Yeah. You can see the the people can't because it's, uh, it's uh, an audio medium. But I, I'm I'm very shocked by this. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not a great president, but but forty uh, one you said he's forty one, and then guys we just talked about number forty two is Andrew Johnson, number forty three is Buchanan according to this list. Uh, so Holy like he's Hannah. below Nixon, you know. He's below like yeah William Henry Harrison who died real fast, you know. It's mm-hmm. a real rough uh, ranking. Shoot. All right. Well, also I feel like. Pierce is the kind of guy where, like, you can hear him have that bad of a ranking and immediately be like, come on, he can't be that bad. But also it's hard to conjure, like, uh, he shouldn't be that low because of X, right? Like, Franklin right, Pierce but accomplished like, but X like, and that stuff. What's, what is the worst thing in your mind that Pierce has done? Oh, uh, we'll talk about it, but Kansas, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> But he also didn't, I, I know what you mean, like he didn't do he didn't, uh, yeah. Watergate or, or Iraq or right. all of the Trump things or, or Trail of Tears. There's so many presidential crimes we could talk about. Yeah. And we will, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's also rated lower than Andrew Jackson. Oh, boy. You know, there were some yeah. things he did, but. Unreal. Yeah, crazy. The next number here is 48, because that was Pierce's age. When elected president, at the time he was the youngest president in U.S. history. Uh, several people have been younger since, but he was our all-time youngest president when he came in. What do you think, uh, I don't have an answer for this, but I'm just curious, what do you think is a good age for a person to be to be president? I was actually thinking about that, looking at the list especially, because a lot of the young ones are ones I'm pretty excited about. Like People who have been younger than him when elected were Obama was 47, Grant was 46, uh, Kennedy, 43. Roosevelt ended up there at 42. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of the young ones have been pretty strong. And the oldest one uh, is Trump yeah. when he was elected at 70. Uh, so I think, like, like 50s, 40s is probably a pretty good age. Like, you've lived, you're energetic, yeah. you know, something like that. I agree with that. 
So you don't think that that um, Trump's age, President Trump's age, has uh, afforded him wisdom? You don't think that. <laughs> you're saying that. Yeah, he. You, Alex Smith, you're saying you're saying out loud <laughs> that you don't believe that. You don't believe that his age has given him any wisdom. And you think, in fact, you said this. This is these are your words. Uh-huh. You said that it's bad that he's old. <laughs> Sir, I said it's bad that anyone is old, okay? Oh, Don't that's right, that's right. mischaracterize. <laughs> yeah, it is, going into our oldest presidents uh, as candidates ever, it is It is sort of, you know, they're allowed to be older, but, uh, yeah. you know, maybe in the future we have someone in the younger range. Yeah. And it also did not help Pierce uh, to be young. He didn't do a good job. No. He was also uh, uh, another youth thing in his career. He was 32 when he was elected to the Senate for the first time. And he was the youngest senator in the Senate when he was there in 1837. So he, so Pierce always wanted to be a politician. He always wanted to be involved in politics. It seems like it, yeah. That actually, our, our next data number here is the number two. Uh, so everybody think of the number two. Because that is the number of times Franklin's father, Benjamin Pierce, was elected governor of New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. Uh, so He's... Franklin also comes from political uh, prestige and power. Uh, his father was yeah. also a Revolutionary okay. War hero, and he, you know, he was kind of born into it. I don't love that. <laughs> can I say... Um, well, this is, this is a pro-nepotism show, I... but if you want to, like, buck the trend, <laughs> I, guess you can, I guess you can do that if you want to. I, 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 I don't love a politician that was born in politics yeah. and continued politics. I don't love that. I do. I personally. Do you feel like you saw that a lot writing a book about all of the presidents, especially the the past ones? Because you left off when you wrote the book, you had to leave off anyone living because because obviously uh, the the feds don't like talking about fighting them. But uh, but you you talked right. about a lot of people. It's a very strange thing because we like the 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 grand American ex- American experiment starts with like revolution and we're gonna we're gonna start from scratch and we're gonna run things um but the reality of it is that there were so many elitist people mostly from virginia who still wanted to like replicate kings right (laughs) in america like 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 it, it, it was a miracle that george washington stepped down and allowed someone else to be president because for uh, the start of things, it really felt like we were just going to have a new version yeah. of royalty in America. Yeah, that that should be a holiday or something. Whatever day Washington was like, I'm good. Like that, should, there should be parades and stuff. It's great. Yeah, I'm just I'm just feeling it's great. It's great. I'm just feeling patriotic now. I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a tiny eagle soar in my heart. That was why I paused. Uh, it felt felt really good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right because it uh, especially it feels like they at minimum wanted to have a uh, oligarchy of wealthy people, yes. if not actual uh, you know titles and stuff. Yeah. And that's that's not uh, all that democratic. Yeah. Got uh, oh, there's two more numbers and stats here. Okay. Uh, the next number they've been pretty simple numbers. The next number is one because uh, that is the number of real presidents from New Hampshire. Pierce is the only president from New Hampshire. Uh, one is also the number of important fictional presidents from New Hampshire, because uh, Jed Bartlett on the West Wing yeah, is a New Hampshire guy, and probably way more popular than the real president. Yeah, so so he was the only president from New Hampshire, and then 
Jed Bartlett was the fictional president from New Hampshire. Yeah. So those are their two uh, points of pride presidentially up in, uh, up in the state there. In your research, do you know how New Hampshire feels? Oh. Like, who are they, who are they more proud of? <laughs> Pierce or Bartlett? Honestly. Do you know that? I don't really. I know, like, anecdotally, I, okay. so I went to Syracuse for college, and that was my first exposure to New England people, really. Uh, and I, I met a lot of New Hampshire mm-hmm. people, and they would, I, I, one of, one friend of mine, I remember them specifically saying, like, yeah, the only president from there is Pierce. And, and they weren't excited about it. They weren't, like, super stoked. Because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming from, you know, the land of Lincoln, even though he wasn't born there. And so we're all like, we all have our chests puffed yeah. out and he's on the license plates and stuff. You know, we have a lot of, a lot of pride and privilege. Right. With that. Yeah. So, so Lincoln is your main guy? Uh, like from my upbringing, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And probably my favorite president. Yeah. I, th- I think he was very good. Okay. You think he was very good? Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a lot of bold stances <laughs> and hot takes on this one. <laughs> Nixon somewhat not following the rules, I feel. Like that kind of thing. Because, like, Jersey does not have a lot of presidents to claim. Oh. We have, we, we take Woodrow Wilson, but, like, he was, like, half dead for most of his presidency. So I'm trying to think about the people in New Hampshire if they'd rather take Franklin Pierce or Jed Bartlett. Oh, yeah. I feel like my my guess is they like it better than zero, right? Yeah. I feel like having just a fictional one would feel kind of lame. Uh, yeah. And having just a, a random real one is better than nothing. Yeah. That's how I would feel if I was from, uh, I think it's the Granite State. New Hampshire is the Granite State? Yeah, the Granite State. F-ing, that sucks, dick. Sorry. <laughs> There's nothing that I said right now <laughs> that you can put on your podcast i'm so sorry (laughs) look granite is at fault here uh we are the victims of it being a boring rock and (laughs) nothing we can do (laughs) there's also there's one other weird hollywood fact about pierce which is that uh his mother uh, the wife of benjamin pierce uh and her name was anna kendrick uh, just randomly. And her name was Anna like Kendrick in the same way that, like, Shakespeare's wife was named Anne Hathaway. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Just ended up being yeah. a famous okay. actor now. Yeah. So yeah. that's fun. Last number here is 144 pages. And that is the length of a book entitled The Life of Franklin Pierce. And it was written by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Really? Uh, during Pierce's life. And Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote The Scarlet Letter and, and a bunch of, he was a very yeah. famous writer in his time. Uh, he wrote a biography. He's like a big deal. Of Franklin Pierce. Was it good? Did you read it? It. <laughs> I read people who read it because, uh, and and that'll that'll bring us into this first thing here. But it was a campaign biography, uh, like written as a favor and kind of as like a piece of political hack work. Like it was not a, a cool thing to do uh, on the whole. Was Hawthorne like a scoundrel? He was a little bit of a scoundrel and a little bit of a great friend. Okay. And that takes us into uh, the first takeaway of the show, takeaway number one. Franklin Pierce's entire career depended on hand-waving his horse accidents. Uh, and the phrase horse accident uh, comes from your your funny great book. Oh, yeah. Because that's how you describe uh, uh, some things he got up to. 
Yeah, uh, things he got up to is a very kind way of describing that, I think. Uh, and again, you're a better researcher than I am, so this might be wrong, but I believe um, Pierce accidentally murdered a woman in a horse accident? Yeah, there are... What did your research say? There are two key horse accidents in his life, uh, and one was in the Mexican War. Uh, but the other key horse accident was while he was the president, he was arrested for running down a lady uh, with his horse. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he was riding a horse in D.C., and a lady mm-hmm. was in the street, and he uh, did some arrest-worthy things. But yes. it's unclear whether the lady died or not. Okay. But um, yeah. she didn't come out the other end of that experience better, we can say, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because also the the sources say that uh, he was, like, booked and arrested, but then discharged due to a lack of sufficient evidence. So it's like, it's a murky mm-hmm. tale, but sometime in 1853, while while a sitting president of the United States, Franklin Pierce was arrested by the police for running, running down a lady with right. his horse. Uh, and then there was a big argument about it. Right, and you can say, like, if the problem in any case in the 1850s was the lack of evidence... He did that shit. No matter what the case is, he did it. <laughs> we didn't have a sophisticated enough right. forensics department to solve these problems. <laughs> really a big steam-powered DNA thing. Like, oh, well, it looks like... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it seems like I, I'm really inclined to believe the uh, alleged victim. Right? Who's going around making up a story yeah. about the president running them over? That's not going to work unless it's true. Right. Right. It's the 1850s, and it's like, look, I didn't... I don't want to be the woman who's known for getting, like, mowed down by the president's horse, but <laughs> things being what they are, this <laughs> happened. I also hadn't thought about it that way, that, like, it becomes your reputation or, or your your old-timey version of your top Google result. Yeah. Like, once you accuse the president of running you over with a horse, that's that's mainly... People aren't like, she's also a seamstress. Like, nobody right, cares like, at that point. You're... <laughs> yeah. My main thing is I'm a doctor, but also the president mowed me down with his fucking horse. <laughs> wow, what kind of doctor? Like, nobody's responding <laughs> that way. No, that's not... absolutely not. <laughs> well, and also, uh, uh, there was no Secret Service at the time, because uh, that comes about under Lincoln. Uh, and so he, you know, he was, that I think is part of how it happens too. Like the president is just out and about Hell yeah. <laughs> in a way they weren't yeah. uh, after that. And so, yeah. uh, but this was kind of just hand waved and moved on. We never let that, that like, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't want to get too political right now, but um, we never let presidents just like get f-ing drunk and mow down people with their horses anymore. <laughs> that's the thing. Like after Lincoln, we stopped that. And I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it. I'm I'm just saying it was free. There was a freedom to presidents like Pierce who got to just like get drunk, be handsome, run on a horse for a while. And like if you knock someone over, you knock someone over, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's the it's wake up. It's the past. We do things like that. And now we don't do that anymore. It's sad. I'm not saying it's worse. I'm saying it's sad. <laughs> Alex, do you agree? Yeah, the president can't just, like, let it all hang out. You know what I mean? Or they can't be like, ah, what's, I want some of 7-Eleven. You know, like, you can't do that. No, no. I also, I'm remembering now, 
yeah, I know it's a real thing, and I think I have the details right. I think there's a story about Willie Nelson, like visiting the Carter White House and smoking oh. on the roof. But like, he smoked on the roof of the White House. Yeah, apparently. And I'll I'll cut all this if it's not true. Holy but, Hannah! Uh, yeah, apparently apparently he just was allowed to do that partly because it was the seventies, but also I feel like that's like the last time anybody did anything relaxed around the White House. Yeah, was was Willie <laughs> Nelson? Good for him. Yeah. Kudos, Willie Nelson. That was the last time anything interesting happened at the White House. And now you're going to just, like, hang out in Maui. And that's neat (laughs) of you to do, I guess. Yeah, good for him. Well, and then the uh, the other key horse accident we've got, hashtag key horse accident, (laughs) is uh, the Mexican War. Uh, This was specifically in 1847 because Pierce uh, was in that war. Yeah. But he was basically just in that war to uh, self-induce horse accidents and get injured. Okay. He didn't really do any, like, fighting, fighting. All right. So he signed up to do horse accidents? (laughs) That's your stance. That's that's what you're saying is real. (laughs) So he... It it is an interesting question, like, exactly why he signed up, because I'm sure he was a patriot, but also... It mm-hmm. seems like it was at least a little bit to, like, build a political career, because he'd already been in Congress. He also volunteered and was immediately promoted from private to brigadier general, uh, apparently, according to Slate, on the strength of his family connections, like his dad being a, a governor of New Hampshire and, right. and being, like, a distinguished rich guy. Uh, so he, he immediately just rocketed up the command structure uh, through privilege. Um, there's a podcast called Presidents Are People Too by Alexis Coe and Elliot Kalin. Uh, and they pick out that Pierce was a member of what was called the Aztec Club during the Mexican War, which was a club of Mexican War American Army officers uh, who got together to drink a whole lot. Okay. Uh, so he was in like a drinking club for privileged people while okay. he was in the military. So does it- And for all we know, it contributed to the horse accidents. So he didn't do a lot of like, he didn't do a lot of like fighting, no? No. <laughs> he, he wasn't like out there like doing anything. He was just... Um, what was he doing? Was he, uh, like, telling people where to go fight? I don't know anything about war. What was he doing? <laughs> it's also, it's like, my sense of, like, the military now is you sign up in a, a very well-run federal organization and you get ordered what to do. Uh, but I think in the 1800s mm-hmm. it was a lot of, like, a rich guy organizes a bunch of people and then his job is to have organized people. And if he, if he yeah. commands them, like, who knows, you know? And so I think he kind of did that. Okay. And then he was relatively late getting to the war. According to historian James M. Lundberg of Notre Dame, his like first main battle was the Battle of Contreras in 1847. And, quote, in Pierce's brigade's first engagement, his horse spooked at the sound of artillery fire and began bucking and rearing wildly. A strong kick of the back legs sent Pierce lurching forward into an awkward and blindingly painful pelvic encounter with the pommel of his saddle. Okay. Uh, the hero fainted and fell to the ground, only to have his horse fall on his knee, and a subordinate allegedly call him a damned coward when he didn't get up. The horse fell uh, on his that knee? That was his first battle. Yeah, like Pierce crushes his own uh, crotch on, the, on yeah, his own saddle. Yeah, so I, I, falls I, off the I, horse. I get that part. I get, like, going, if you go forward... Well, you, you don't want me to talk about it a no, bunch No, no, yeah. Describe it. I get, like, detail. moving <laughs> moving forward and and crushing your, your nutsack on the pommel, uh, but then you'd have to fall sideways off the horse, and the horse would land on your knee? Yeah, that's what happened, hmm. yeah. Okay. So he 
crushed his crotch, falls off his own horse, and then his horse falls on him. Okay. And that was his contribution to this battle. Yeah. Have you, uh, you personally, have you ever uh, ridden a horse before? No. I find that idea very scary. I don't want Really? To do You've never ridden a horse? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do it. Oh, shoot. I've ridden several horses. That's pretty cool. I, 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 you, don't, you, don't, you don't think it is. You're scared by it. You hate it. <laughs> I feel like you would like it. It's because like, like you're not um, you're from Illinois, and so when I say Illinois, I mean Chicago. Yeah, and by which I mean city. Yeah. So e- even though you're like functionally a city mouse, I don't associate you with cities. I think you would like riding a horse out in the in the world. Okay. In yeah. the wild. Anyways, I'm I've like interrupted your podcast several thousand times. <laughs> In this conversation. And I apologize for that. But I also think, like, like here's the thing that I'm thinking of right now. It's Schmitty riding a horse on the beach. Wow, hey. And, you, and, and like, both of you, you and the horse uh-huh. are very happy. <laughs> the horse is like, this is what I was waiting for. And you're like, this is nice. I would enjoy it the most because I would feel like I'm a historical figure. Like, the actual activity is fine. Yeah. But I would be like, I'm some sort of person from the 1800s or, like, 2000 BC or or any other moment, you know? Like, we only yeah. started doing cars, you know, not that long ago. Until then, it was, you know, horse culture all the time. It was horse culture for so long. And and yeah. horses are great. And you, you'd be, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't, I can't get over the image of you on a horse. <laughs> you'd be so happy. You would be absolutely... You, you'd need to wear a hat. I've never seen you in a hat before, but you'd need to wear a hat because the, the, the sun would roast you. Oh, yeah. Because you're very pale. I've, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. If you, hey, yeah. listeners, Photoshop me on a horse if you think I should be encouraged to, you know, just see what that would be, and, and maybe that'll get me on it. No, shut up. Shut up. Listeners, <laughs> pay, pay, pay for Schmitty to get on a horse. <laughs> Don't Photoshop anything. Just let him... Let him get on a horse and run it on the beach and be free the way that men are supposed to be. Oh, I want this for you so bad. Oh, this sucks. I want it. Somebody, okay. Somebody's going to Photoshop it and you're going to be in the replies like, no, a GoFundMe, you fool. No, it doesn't it's count. A half yeah, measure. It doesn't count. Absolutely doesn't count. <laughs> I'm going to have Soren make sure that you do this. <laughs> Soren, yeah. I feel like Soren is spiritually on horseback a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like he's very yeah. stately like, in that fashion. If I had anyone in the entire world that I've met in my entire life who had a horse guy, it would be Soren. I could text Soren <laughs> tomorrow and be like, I need a horse for Alex. And he'd be like, all right, give me 24 hours. <laughs> anyway, is that what you wanted to talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> where my life's going and what I need to bring into it. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, also, I I feel like Pierce's horse accidents are a product of, it is horse times. If you're a, if you're like an important masculine person, you ride a horse. Uh, he just mm-hmm. sort of like privileges his way into being an officer, but probably didn't actually train on how to ride one. Like, you know, like, I, I figure yes. that's the, the chain of events that leads to this like Looney Tunes action on on the battlefield, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. He also uh he was in another battle the following day where he was injured but tried to uh continue fighting uh but then he wrenched his knee that he injured the previous day and fainted 
Uh, so that oh. was his contribution to the Battle of Churubusco the following day. He fa- ha- have you ever fainted in your life? No. I only know it from, like, cartoons and, and uh, okay. comedy. I know people do it. Yeah, people do it. <laughs> it's like a fun pastime that people do. I've heard stories of people who've like, oh, I saw blood and I fainted, like, a, like, like fully passed out. And it's, it's a, a very alien experience to me. Right, like I just freak out and remain fully conscious. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I get really upset and, and no escape. <laughs> what, are the, what, are the, what are the things that freak you out? Is it blood? Do you freak out blood, at blood? I'm, <laughs> I'm interviewing you now. Blood, I'm pretty good. I'm phobic about sea creatures. Uh, especially like the wiggly ones, like jellyfish and stuff. I really don't like really? that. So yeah. do you... I'm pretty good with like sharks, like anything that's like solid, you know? Do you... But uh, jellyfish, anemones, no thanks. So do you stay away from the ocean? Because like that's where jellyfish live? Yeah, I don't love swimming. Uh, and I, I am nervous about sea creatures, yeah. Really? Fantastic. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I went to, I was at summer camp once as a kid and it was on Lake Michigan because that's where uh-huh. we went. And... What I thought was a jellyfish washed up on the beach, and I really had a hard time handling it. Uh, but then it was pointed out to me that they're not jellyfish in fresh water, and it was an old balloon. <laughs> so it was fine. <laughs> it was not a what big is, deal. What, what, what is this podcast about? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I've, I've, I've oh, taken right. us astray so many times. I apologize. Okay. So Pierce has a horse accident and then aggravates the injury from the horse accident. And then uh, this historian in Slate, James M. Lumberg, also says that, quote, Pierce's brigade was present for the climactic battle of Chapultepec, but Pierce himself was conspicuously absent, suffering terribly from Montezuma's revenge in the sick ward. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a, a poop disease, right? Yeah, I think it's like uh, diarrhea from Mexican water kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So that was his, his uh, army service was mostly falling down, hurting himself, horse trouble, and then diarrhea is, is like... Uh, his military heroic career. Yeah. And pooping too much, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing, so he hand-waved the arrest by just not uh, going to jail or, or any charges or anything. And then Pierce obviously proceeded to be elected president, even though he had this like hilarious, embarrassing military career where he, he fell down a lot and stuff. And part of how he was able to hand-wave it is his friend Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote a biography of him uh, and made a bunch of claims and stories about how Pierce was a great and amazing guy uh, even though he was not. And one of the things Hawthorne kind of massaged is the whole military horse accident thing. Yeah. Um, do you know why Hawthorne did that? You can say no. It's totally fine if, if, if you don't know. It's it's totally fine if the answer is like, they're, they're buddies and that's it. It was because they're buddies and also Hawthorne was uh, greedy, maybe. Mm. So there's an article by Jill Lepore in The New Yorker where she talks about how opponents of Pierce said that he fainted or was drunk in battle. And then Hawthorne rewrote the story so that Pierce was an incredibly critical soldier and they were begging him to, to like, uh, recuperate, but he insisted on being on the field. And then the really tricky thing he did is in the election of 1852, Pierce ran against a guy named Winfield Scott, who mm-hmm. was the commander of the entire U.S. Army in the Mexican War uh, and did much more military stuff, much more important. The way Hawthorne wrote the story, it was, quote, the general looked again at Pierce's almost disabled figure and seemed on the point of taking his irrevocable resolution. You are rash, General Pierce, said he. We shall lose you and we cannot spare you. Uh, end quote. And this whole story, the way Hawthorne wrote it, uh, Pierce's campaign opponent was uh, the general saying, you're so important, we can't lose you in this battle. Wow. Which was very uh, sneaky. It wasn't true. Yeah. 
And um, Hawthorne stinks butt. What do I want to say? I want to. I really. I feel like I've really. I want to say he, he's. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit more about Hawthorne. He was doing this book uh, partly to cash in. Like after Pierce won the election, he was rewarded with a job uh, working for the U.S. consul in in Britain and uh, had also gotten a job that way from the 1846 election. And this was all like a cash-in thing for him. Man. Uh, But also, Hawthorne and Pierce were college friends. And, uh, like, Hawthorne rushed to Pierce's side when Pierce's wife died. uh, And they were traveling together when Hawthorne died. And Pierce was the one to find the body. And they were, were like, legitimately very, very, very close friends. So it's cool in that way. I don't love that Hawthorne was uh, essentially operating as a, a... propaganda wing of the administration but i i guess i'm glad that they're friends i don't know (laughs) who am i rooting for here it is also the big the biggest problem with the book is that uh as we'll talk about pierce was from the north but he was also more or less (laughs) pro-slavery uh he at least believed that it could extend to the territory was he not a big deal was he more pro or more or less because that's kind of important going (laughs) forward he was, it seems like he was the kind of guy who didn't feel the need to own slaves personally, but was otherwise completely pro-slavery uh, and felt like they're allowed to do it and don't worry about okay, it. Okay, I mean, well, it's not, so that's yeah, not very good. no, it's, it's not like, like yeah. <laughs> if he's okay with slavery, he's okay with slavery and that's bad. So when Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote the book about Pierce, he said uh, that everything Pierce felt mm-hmm. about slavery made sense and was fine and said that like abolitionists were out of control and this slavery will go away on its own and, and a bunch of things that uh, Hawthorne then wrote to friends saying, I've lost so many friends doing this. This was a really uh, difficult decision for me, but I love my friend Franklin so much. Got to do it. He, he lost friends, he said? Quote, the biography has cost me hundreds of friends here at the North in consequence of what I say on the slavery question. For the trouble of this, Pierce owes me something, end quote, is what Hawthorne wrote to a friend. And then he got a job out of it. He, he did it. That's so funny. I feel like if I uh, wrote any anything, any any treaty anywhere, and was like, all of my friends hate me now, I, I would amend that by saying, like, by the way, it looks like I'm probably wrong. Because, <laughs> like, I wrote this thing, and everyone that I surrounded myself for my entire life has now like excommunicated me (laughs) that means i'm probably wrong i feel like twitter is a magic website because it has exposed me to so many people who have never had that thought hot you know what i mean like there are so many people on twitter who i I run across and i'm like oh this person's just not worried about the nation pointing out to them that they they posted something dumb they're just pushing through it. Amazing. Yeah. Like, wow. It's not good, but... Uh. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really bad. But anyway, um, so what do, you, what do you think about Pierce as a president, you personally? Yeah, I, I, I wonder if his, if his ranking is, is accurate in your mind. It's interesting with presidents. I feel like we rate them based on the results of their presidency, and then we also rate them on how hard we like feel they worked or feel they tried or or like you know in a vacuum what they could have done you know it's like if a it's like if a sports team makes it to the conference finals and doesn't win Mm -hmm. if they were supposed to be bad that's amazing and if they were supposed to win everything they suck you know like that's so i think we kind of do that with them yeah uh and i think pierce yeah would have been a bad president no matter what 
and also had hard circumstances. I think that's fair. I think that's the right answer. What's your next segment? What are we doing now? (laughs) Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So, I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Well, uh let's uh no segue needed. Let's go into takeaway number 2. <laughs> uh, and there's 3 of them on the show, but takeaway okay. number 2. Franklin Pierce spent his entire presidency in mourning. And uh, we might do this one relatively fast because it's so sad. Uh, And it goes back to that thing of was Pierce a good president or not? It's partly that he was in pretty hard circumstances, uh, like personally, uh, for his entire presidency. And people don't necessarily know that. It's it's worth talking about because it's just interesting for knowing the context he was in. It's like, oh, why was Pierce such a feeble and distracted president? Well, he was, uh, he had a hard time. Yeah. So in, uh, so Pierce uh, gets elected in the fall of 1852. Uh, inauguration is March of 1853. And in between that, like a month or two before, Pierce and his wife and their only son are on a train. They're coming back from a funeral for his wife's beloved uncle. Mm-hmm. And then according to Boston Magazine, quote, one of the train's axles suddenly fractured, and the Pierce's car tumbled off the tracks and down a 20-foot embankment. And then uh, both parents watched as their son, 11 years old, was killed immediately. His head was crushed, and he died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, like, a month or two later, Franklin Pierce has to go and be the president. That's very hard. It's, um... No, I, I don't need to have a comparison for it. There, there, there's no reason to have a comparison. There's no metaphor that is necessary. It's not like anything else. It's just exactly that. Your, your, yeah. your son dies and then you have to be the president. That's the, the only thing, right? Yeah, because he was already elected and... Yeah, we they like. I mean, we don't totally think about mental health now, but they like really didn't then. So you couldn't be like, "I need a break." Like, no, it's the 1800s. Yeah, everyone's just like going into a factory, even though their leg fell off. You know, like it's just constant. Yeah, or you know, everything else. Everyone, you're 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 talking about a, a sad thing, but I want to make sure your listeners know that 
everyone is going into the factory even though their leg fell off. That's a very funny thing. <laughs> it's very funny. But yeah, the 1800s is like cartoonishly hard to me in my concept of it. And I think that's because it was. It was a very bad time. Uh, and he was president in the middle of it. Yeah. And his wife yeah. was who, his wife who did not want him to be the president. His wife was yeah. like fully against the idea of politics from the like even before their fucking kid died. His wife did not want to be involved in politics at all. And now their kid died and he's the president and she is still just like I I I hate this. I hate this whole world. I hate the entire world of politics. I hate DC. I hate politicians. And you're the president, which is the main version of being a politician. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I think one of my favorite things in your chapter about him is that uh, Franklin ran for president without letting his wife know that was the plan until real late in the game. No, it was a secret. Yeah. yeah. And like very early on in their life, she was like, I'm going to paraphrase here. But he was like, hey, uh, no matter what, um, don't run for president, please. And he was like, nah, I got you. <laughs> and then, like, a couple years later, he was like, I'm running for president. I'm sorry. I know that's the most political thing that a person could be, but I'm doing it. I'm super sorry, but I'm doing it, no matter what. Yeah, right. That would be, like, a really fraught situation between the two of them, no matter what. And then this happens. Yeah. And according to pretty much every source I could find, uh, partly because they had, like, 1800s theology, both of the Pierces explicitly blamed the death of their son on Franklin's action of like greedily running for president. Jane did not attend the inauguration, does not attend or do anything officially as the first lady until 1855, two years into his presidency. Uh, in Franklin's inauguration speech, he said, quote, you have summoned me in my weakness. You must sustain me by your strength, end quote. Uh, they were both just like devastated by a... A terrible death anyway, and also one they blamed on themselves, or really himself. So also there's there's this horrible death for them, and then their family had also lost their other two sons at a very young age, and then also Pierce gets into office. He his running mate is a guy named William R. King, mm -hmm. and he's like you know usually you would think president vice president we made it time to be a team. His vice president dies uh, about a month after the inauguration. And in the 1800s, they never, like, filled that office back in when the guy died. So right. he just didn't have a vice president either the whole time. So the the thrust of your show, the show that we're doing right now, is that <laughs> yes. things okay. are secretly interesting. What is, what do you think is the most interesting thing about Franklin Pierce? What is it? It's the, especially the very last thing is, I think, my favorite example, but it's the, like, specific this the extremely specific ways he was a bad president and a weird guy and because like all these especially these 1800s ones who only did a term they all kind of run together you know and mm -hmm. franklin pierce was like in much harder circumstances than you'd think and yeah. also like cartoon accidents all the time and and like a, a rich handsome drunk the whole time and and there are other ones who were you know much different like they were they were sick mm -hmm. their whole presidency or they, or they were angry their whole presidency or or so even these very sad Pierce stories it's like oh that guy mm -hmm. uh, was going through something while he was being a forgettable president yeah like, that's probably part of why do you know I so in all of my uh, study of that's uh, that's a great answer by the way um, in all oh, of my study yeah. of, of 
presidents, uh, I didn't follow up on their lives after their presidencies. Did you follow up with, with Pierce afterwards? So he, he also basically spent the rest of his life pretty sad. Uh, it's, not, it's not a funny story. <laughs> but it seems like either shortly after his presidency or during um, his wife Jane catches tuberculosis. And so he spends like most of his post-presidency going to warm places with her because they thought going to a warm place was good for that disease. Yeah. I think you also pick out in, in your book that his he told somebody explicitly his post-presidency plan was to drink as much as possible. Yes. And he, he was either an alcoholic or the 1800s version his whole life. Yeah. Uh, and, and just like did that until he died. Uh, so it was just really brutal and bad uh, to be him from like presidency all the way to the end. What's a, uh, how do we, yeah. Where, so that's, where, that's that. where do uh, we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think we go straight into final takeaway, takeaway number three. Okay, great. Franklin Pierce caused a miniature early version of the U S civil war. Uh, Cause it's through this Kansas, Nebraska act that I mentioned uh, a while ago. Uh, it was a law that was passed in 1854, signed by Franklin Pierce, uh, and basically started an early mini version of the Civil War in what became the states of Kansas and Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was kind of his fault. Uh, he kind of he kind of did it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons he's a terrible president, uh, job wise. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to love this guy. No, yeah, like, I like no, I, I, you, I think you should, I like you sh- knowing why. You, you know? should tell the your audience that. Um, you did a bad job, and this guy is bad. <laughs> That's what I think you need to say right now out loud, please. <laughs> Pierce sucks. He sucks dick. I know I'm not allowed to say that, but he does. It's bad. He's really, he was a bad president. He was, didn't help anyone. No one wants to be named after him. I find it fun how stubborn he ended up being about being on the wrong side of history. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's what we can get at with this Kansas-Nebraska act. Yeah. Bit. No, no. Get into it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've, I've interrupted your show again. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, the both houses of Congress and the presidency were all controlled by the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And uh, the leading Democrats thought a good idea to resolve the thing of, hey, we keep adding new states and will they allow slavery or not? The leading Democrats, like Stephen Douglas, said, let's do popular sovereignty. The states get to vote on it. And the book on Franklin Pierce is basically that he was just talked into signing it because uh, he didn't see any particular reason not to and was fine with slavery. Uh, so then Pierce signs it. And immediately the Kansas-Nebraska territory that now gets to vote on slavery just gets filled with people from both sides of the issue who start shooting each other. Uh and then Pierce's response is to do nothing. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like being being casually fine with slavery is one of the strangest yeah. positions to have. I like I I I am personally against slavery. The idea of someone who is who is like on the fence of it, but will still sign their name on a check, is absurd to me. Yeah. It's being like. Uh, slavery seems kind of bad, but like, I don't know. I don't want to, it's not my concern. So do whatever you want. That's an absurd uh, point of view to take, in my opinion. Yeah, it feels nuts. Yeah. There's a book, it's called Lincoln and the Abolitionists. Uh, It's by Fred Kaplan. 
And he talks a lot about like what abolitionism and anti-slavery movements were like before the Civil War. And a lot of the opposition to abolitionism was people basically saying, yeah, 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 slavery is bad, but like, let's not be divisive. Mm-hmm. And, and what about the economy? And like a lot of like things I think of as centrist now, they were like, look, I'm not crazy like an abolitionist. I just am upset about slavery. That's the normal position yeah. is what these people were saying. Uh, and so he was kind of one of these people because they were like, look, let's not upset the apple cart over over what's going on down in that other region of the country. Wow. Uh, which was a like common position. It's crazy. But and and Franklin Pierce's position was basically it's not that bad. Like I, I wouldn't do it myself, but if they want to do it. And uh and so what happened is in Kansas and Nebraska, he had pit, there was a territorial governor who was against slavery, so the pro-slavery people set up their own government uh just separately. And then they kicked out that governor with Pierce's help. And then the anti-slavery people set up their own government. And then there was just fighting on and off between people in Kansas and Nebraska from 1854 all the way until the Civil War starts in 1860, 1861. Really? Uh, And it's pretty much Pierce's fault. Uh, It's not good. Yeah. All right. That's bad. I hate him. He also proceeded to uh, be someone who was, like, never totally a fan of the Union. Uh, And one interesting way is that especially because his vice president died, he had a couple key cabinet people he leaned on. And one of them was Jefferson Davis, uh, who was Pierce's secretary of war and later the leader of the Confederacy. And according to Mental Floss, uh, before Pierce and his wife Jane went on a trip to the Bahamas in the winter of 1859, Pierce wrote a letter to Davis telling him he needed to be the leader of the Democratic Party in the 1860 election and like really step up for what mattered. And then also, so when Lincoln is assassinated, there's a lot of mourning throughout the country, especially the North, such as New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And so people in uh, Pierce's uh, end-of-life hometown of Concord, New Hampshire, are like uh, putting flags at half-staff and doing memorials and stuff. And apparently everybody in town noticed that Pierce had done nothing. (laughs) That's so petty. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that cool. Because also, <laughs> during the Civil War, Pierce had called it, quote, a cruel, heartless, aimless, unnecessary war, end quote. Uh, and, like, kind of with at least the implication that it was the North's fault and that they should have just, you know, reconciled and worked this <laughs> it out. sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so when a mob, a mob gathers in front of Pierce's house to say, hey, oh, why are you not doing the flag stuff we're all doing to memorialize Lincoln? Uh, Pierce goes out hey, on his used front. To be president and Lincoln is dead. What are you doing? <laughs> right. This is great. I love yeah. it. Go on. It's like, hey, at this stage in history, only like a dozen people have ever had that job, and you're one of them. Like, what are you doing? No, none of them have been shot before. Like, come on. And then apparently, Pierce uh, went out on his front porch and just started like lecturing the crowd. And he said, quote, it is not necessary for me to show my devotion for the Stars and Stripes. Uh, And then just started listing uh, his war service and his ancestors' war service and his work in politics until the crowd just kind of dispersed, probably out of, like, boredom and and being like, I guess he doesn't care. Okay. (laughs) He he sucks ass, hey? Yeah. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Right? Because, like... Every way I learn that he sucks is special, 
you know like there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of color and character to it it's really exciting right not character in a positive way no he's not just a bad president he's also a racist <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> he's bad all across the board <laughs> Yeah, he also, in 1863, with Hawthorne helping him, he gave, like, a public speech about how bad Lincoln and emancipation were. And Pierce's 1863 anti-Lincoln speech was on the 4th of July, and then also that means that it was the day after the Battle of Gettysburg. Jesus So, like, the Union wins Gettysburg, and he's like, I'm going to give a speech about how bad the Union's leadership and direction is. I really don't like it. God almighty. Just cartoony. Just terrible. Yeah. Just bad. Start to finish. So how, how do we sum up Franklin Pierce? What do you think? Hard life, still bad either way. Yeah. It's also, I always, whenever I learn about the really bad presidents, I try to take some solace in, solace in that that, that was common. So if occasionally we have a president who makes no sense and is really terrible, it's not like a total outlier, you know? Like our system... It's bad that our system generates that, but it does, it means that like the era I'm in is not some huge outlier historically. That's so generous. Are you do, do you think um you think of yourself as an optimist? It seems like it. Yeah, broadly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. Hmm. There's something there. There's <laughs> something. There's something you're hiding. I'm optimistic except about horses. They seem very <laughs> dangerous. Uh <laughs> Folks, that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Daniel O'Brien for encouraging me to get back on that horse. Or uh, take the word back out. Encouraging me to get on a horse, uh, uh, very literally and specifically. Also, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic, William Rufus Devane King. He was Franklin Pierce's vice president, who died right away. He was way more than that when he was alive. Visit sifpod.fun to hear Daniel and I on that bonus, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring Franklin Pierce with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, Franklin Pierce's entire career depended on hand-waving his horse accidents. Takeaway number two, Franklin Pierce spent his entire presidency in mourning. And takeaway number three, Franklin Pierce caused a miniature early version of the U.S. Civil War. Also, a a low-key takeaway in there that Franklin Pierce was honest, actual best friends with Nathaniel Hawthorne, author of The Scarlet Letter and and The House of the Seven Gables and a bunch of other important books. So, uh, weird. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guest. Daniel O'Brien writes for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver on HBO. I think they're on a break right now. They also just won an Emmy or two. Uh, So please watch it, uh, you know, when it returns. And... Holy cow, Daniel O'Brien co-hosts a podcast with Soren Bowie every week. It is called Quick Question with Soren and Daniel. Search that name in your podcast app or follow the links for this podcast episode at sifpod.fun. 
One more Daniel O'Brien thing that also takes us into the research sources. He wrote a book called How to Fight Presidents. There's also a version for like young learners and readers as well. Uh, it's a very, very, very fun look at every president who was deceased at the time of publication. It's a very, very fun way to process the presidents and their history and many, many stories about them. And that, that was a big influence on a lot of the material in this episode. So really grateful to him for uh, obviously mainly that chapter on Pierce, because that's who we talked about. Uh, Buchanan comes up as well in the bonus. Uh, just very helpful all around. Many research sources in addition to how to fight presidents. Here are some key ones. A great article in The New Yorker. It's by historian Jill Lepore of Harvard University. That article is titled Bound for Glory. Another great article, this one from Slate.com by historian James M. Lundberg of the University of Notre Dame. That article is titled Nathaniel Hawthorne Party Hack. That article and the Jill Lepore article really bring together almost all the takeaways in this episode, uh, but especially about Pierce and Hawthorne and his war service and how that was spun and kind of faked. And also a great podcast to recommend. It's called Presidents Are People Too, and that's hosted by historian Alexis Coe and comedy writer Elliot Kalin. And it's very fun and has a lot of um, further Franklin Pierce information if you're looking for more. One thing that jumps out to me from that is that when the Franklin Pierce home in New Hampshire was going to be demolished, the New Hampshire state legislature sold commemorative bottles of bourbon celebrating Pierce's life. Uh, and that raised enough money to save the house. It also was like selling bourbon to commemorate an alcoholic. Uh, so it was a very, very weird chapter of New Hampshire state history. Now you know that about the Granite State. Find those and more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. And their next album is called Long in the Tooth. It's coming soon. It releases October 9th. Pre-order your copy at daptonerecords.com. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. See more of Bert's art on Instagram, at Burt Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>